Where is Julio Jones ending up? You don't know. We don't know either. And what about Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson? We will go through all of this on this episode of The Real Football Fans in New Jersey. And also, don't miss, we're talking about Real Houses in New Jersey. It just ended, but season 12 is on the way. And guess what? It's on the way too. Hard Knocks. And we're talking about it. So fill up those wine glasses and tune in. Hello. So I'm looking at our Twitter right now, and for some reason, our live stream looks weird. But welcome to the Real Fall Fans in New Jersey. If you did not already find out that, hi, my name is Caitlin, and this is my superb and best. Oh, there it goes. It's better. Best co-host in the world. Katie is here with me. Oh, and I'm literally, I'm looking down at my phone. I can see myself, and this is so embarrassing. So <laughs> I can see myself on my phone on this live stream. But I do have to admit that at first when I did retweet it, it looked a little weird. I wanted to make sure everything was a-okay, but it is now. Everything looks great. I do want to give a legal disclaimer before the show, <laughs> the legalities. I want to give a legal disclaimer before the show starts tonight. It is torrential downpour and storming in New Jersey. And guess what? We are the real football fans of New Jersey. So Disclaimer, my internet dropped before we went live. It might happen. The lights have been flickering. It looks like I see a little lightness coming out of the dark, dark cloud. So maybe it's over. Maybe it's not. We don't know. But disclaimer, we might be in and out. So please bear with us. Um, if one of us does drop, the other person does stay on. They will continue the show and we will be giving you guys everything that we possibly can in regards to football, housewives, wine, life, anything you guys want. The show goes on. The show does go on. So let's go ahead and kick off episode 161. Like I keep saying week after week, we are moving and we are grooving with these episodes. We keep delivering them to you week after week. So let's go ahead and get started into this week's episode. So we polled our audience with three great poll questions. So they are, do you think Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones will be traded before the season starts? Which potential hard knock candidate would you rather watch this season? The Arizona Cardinals or the Denver Broncos? And finally, rounding it out with a housewives question. Do you think Dorinda will come back as a full-time real housewives of New York uh, housewife at some time? So those are our three questions. Let's get into what you guys told us. So for the first question, do you think Atlanta's wide receiver Julio Jones will be traded before the offseason starts? 87% of you said yes. What did you say, Katie? I went with yes as well um, because, you know, we're going to get into it. But it did happen a couple months ago where Julio Jones did express interest in being traded. And Atlanta actually mutually agreed that right. they listened to offers. So it seems as though both of them are okay with moving on from one another. It's just a matter of, 
who's going to come in and make that trade and make the trade that Atlanta is looking for, for a player of his caliber. I think they'll make it happen. I think a lot of teams could definitely use Julio Jones, of course, still one of the best receivers in the game. I went with yes. Absolutely. And I went with yes, too. I think where I want to steer with this, though, is that some people are just so and there's a fly in my face. I feel that there's some people are so kind of like shocked or like, wait a minute, what? This has been kind of up in the air and a little bit of a discussion for the past couple of months. If I have to, you know, give a a rough estimate timeline. I'm no way shocked. I think I we might have brought it up on an episode probably like two, three months ago. It's not something that is shocking to me. Um, you have to look at what they've been doing in the offseason within the draft, who they have behind Julio Jones, where they have to go from a quarterback perspective, where they have to advance as an organization. So this to me is not shocking at all. I'm going with yes, but I, the main point there is that I do see some people out, especially in the Twitterverse, that are very shocked by what's going on right now yeah i'm not i'm not shocked either um but not guess, at all listen there's been a lot of things that have gone down this off season and it kind of feels like even though this is big news about julio being possibly traded it does feel like it flew under the radar a little bit right so i kind of understand maybe some people kind of forget that maybe they heard it because there's been so many other things going on this off season. But yeah, this is this is a big story as well. I do have to admit, though, and like I think we talk about this like with quarterbacks or like certain other, you know, maybe other positions, maybe not always wide receiver, but, you know, a guy like Julio Jones, like with the Atlanta Falcons, they go in lockstep with each other. And it's, it's sad yeah. to see that a guy like him can't retire with the Falcons and right. spend his career there. So I know things do happen and it's a business, but I, it, it kind of upsets me from that front of things. Like yeah. you do want to see a guy, especially if you're a Falcons fan too, you do want to see like one of your number one guys stay with you for life. Listen, we've agreed though on this show many a times that it's definitely becoming a rare thing for these, yeah. these studs, these big name players to stay with one team their whole career. So that's kind of like a dying yeah. thing that happens in the NFL now, which it's is sad. Yeah, it is sad. I agree with you. I'm right there with you. Alrighty, question number two. So we're if we're coming close to camp, that means we're coming close to hard knocks. So there are a couple of candidates, and we will talk about the actual official candidates later. But we're going to give, excuse me, we're going to give you two now. So which potential hard knock candidate would you rather watch this season? We gave you guys the options of the Arizona Cardinals and the Denver Broncos. And 54% of you went with Arizona. Yeah, not surprised that it was close. Yeah. And I'll give you my answer, and I'm not going to give you any of my reasoning, because like Caitlin said, we're going to be uh, touching on hard knocks later on. we got a great hard knocks game that we're playing later in the show. Uh, so I'm just going to leave it to it and say that I picked the Denver Broncos. I did as well. And I will zip the lip like Katie is and not say anything. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. All righty. And wrapping up our poll questions for the episode, and it's a housewives question. So do you think Dorinda, Dorinda Medley will come back as a full-time Real Housewives of New York housewife at some point? 64% of you said yes. Yeah, I said yes. And I think, you know, I talked about this last week, uh, how I was a little disappointed with how Roni's kicked off, how it started. I still haven't seen episode three. I still got to catch up on that. Um, yeah. 
But I felt as though Bravo, especially, we've talked about how there's only five of them and we feel like there needs to be more. We feel like it's been quiet. And I feel like Bravo is definitely going to find themselves almost like knocking on Dorinda's door, like come back, come back. And I, I do believe like from articles that I've read from Dorinda since she has left the show, everything that I've sensed from her is that she agrees that she needed the time out, but it kind of does feel like I think she, she would also like right. to come back. I think it's going to be mutual. I think. Yeah. She'll- yeah, I agree. Um, and, and like you just said that the word time out, the phrase time out, I think that's what it was. It was a pause. It was a break. It was whatever you want to call it. Like, just whatever. So do I agree with it? Eh, no, but <laughs> it is what it is at the end of the day. So uh, I do agree with you. Yes, she will come back. Um, all right. So those were our poll questions of the night. As always, if you are watching live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, you can ask us questions. You can leave us comments, whatever you want. We'll we'll show it on the show. Don't worry. Don't be don't be shy. Get in there. Get in that get in that comment section. Say hello. Uh, ask us a question. Anything you want. But let's go ahead and shift gears. Let's do it. Let's get into the big stories of the week in the world of football, just because it is the off season past the NFL draft. We, like Caitlin said, camp is, you know, is right among us. It's on the horizon. It's going to be here before we know it. And so of course, yes, we still have big stories to share with you. And obviously, like we said, one of them has to do with our poll question about Mr. Julio Jones saying that he is out of Atlanta. So those are his words. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I did say earlier in the offseason, Ian Rappaport reported that Julio Jones had requested a trade from Atlanta and that the team agreed to listen to offers, but nothing really came about. So that's why people like it kind of went quiet. You didn't really hear many rumors about teams trying to do this, trying to do that. Um, But now it's been ignited again because on Monday, Fox Sports, Shannon Sharp actually called Julio Jones while he was on air and asked him if specifically if he would like to be traded to the Dallas Cowboys or remain in Atlanta, to which he said, I'm out there, man. And then when asked by Sharp where he wanted to be traded, Jones replied, right now, I want to win. So uh, it is is, not going to Dallas if you want to win. (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of unclear if uh, people don't really know if Julio Jones was aware that he was on live television when that conversation. I don't think he did. If he were to be traded, and and this is the big, you know, if um, if he were to be traded, the team acquiring him would need to have at least $15.3 million in available cap space to take on his current contract that runs through 2023. And right now, as that sits, only 11 teams have that cap space. That includes the Jaguars, Jets, Bengals, Broncos, Browns, Washington, Indy, Chargers, Detroit, San Fran, and New England. I do see some teams on there that could definitely use a wide receiver. Um, I do think I've heard rumblings with New England. I've heard rumblings with San Fran. I think those are definitely two. Those are the two biggest ones I think I've heard. I'm going on that list of 11 teams. I'm like, wow, that would be amazing for them. That could be like the piece that they need. You know what I mean? And if you think about like New England, um, and I was having this discussion earlier in the week, like they make their their wide receivers and their running backs aren't necessarily 
your WR1s, your RB1s on a standard team. But right. New England makes them a wide receiver one, a running Absolutely. back one. That's what they do. And I think there's been a lot of questions with New England in, you know, what they've done in free agency and what they did in the draft. Like, are they really going to be that good? They've made moves, but the guys that they picked up, at, you know, they can turn them into that number one for that team. If they bring in a true wide receiver one like Julio yeah, Jones, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with you that that can truly be a game changer for them. For a team that two years ago was rocking and moving, and then one year just completely shit the bed it's like who are the new england patriots well but a guy like julio jones could bring them back to that stature it's an excellent question of who are the new england patriots it's, I, I, I don't know with you that i think post tom brady they've really had to change everything that they right. do We're, we've never been used to new england having a free agency period like they did this offseason right. with literally like just signing everybody and just spending the um, dollars wherever they could. We're not used to them having to go into the draft and draft a quarterback in the first round. Obviously they had their quarterback right. for years and years and years. This is a, and we didn't think that they would have a guy like Cam Newton be their quarterback. Right. This is a different team. And I think they're still trying, they're still struggling with finding their identity post Tom Brady. Um, and so a signing like Julio Jones really wouldn't surprise me. It kind of right. feels like they're straying away from everything they've ever done before. Um, and yeah, they're used to getting like your local guy from 7-Eleven be their Seriously. star wide receiver. But things are different now. And it works for them. But you're right. It's different. It doesn't work for have, them anymore. They don't have Tom Brady. They don't right. have their safety blanket. They don't have Tom Brady at quarterback to make those 7-Eleven wide receivers right. WR1s. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, they need guys like Julio Jones. They need to step outside their comfort zone and do things they haven't done in the past. So I think that would be a great candidate for somebody to try and land them. Yeah, I 100% agree. And like, I, I, you know, on the record, I, I absolutely adore Julio Jones. He's a Bama boy. I've been watching him for clearly years, both in college and in the NFL. He's one of those players that you tag that you love to watch. You love to watch, you know, his dynamic ability and everything he's able to offer. He's been one of the question marks, though, when the Falcons aren't delivering. I'm like, what? Like, what the flying F? What is going on here? Like, you have Julio Jones. Yeah. And then, like, in recent years, you bring in guys like Calvin Ridley. So I'm just wondering, what's going Like, what is going on there? Like, you have the weapons and everything like that. Yeah. But he is, like, the ultimate weapon, in my opinion. He's very talented. I remember the, the one season recently where, like, he didn't, like, score a touchdown until, like, yeah. I don't even, like, halfway through the yeah. season. Yeah like 15 16 something crazy. and it was this big uproar and he was performing you know he was catching he was gaining yards he was doing things but just yeah. didn't get into the end zone and i think that was the eye-opening like you know year for me where it was like the falcons aren't shifting around their weapons and it's become right. apparent over the past couple of seasons where i don't necessarily think like he's a problem and you know i'm not defending my bama boys i think he is very talented but it's i i would love it's i i don't want to see him go to another team because i think it upsets me that a guy like julio jones with a falcons fan would want to see spend the career there going to another organization that upsets me, but I would love to see what he's capable of in another uniform. Oh yeah. And definitely make for interesting 
an interesting watch, interesting TV, interesting for yeah. football purposes. That's um, another thing too. So people have to understand. So now if he shifts before the season starts, where do you draft him in fantasy? And we can get, well, we'll get into fantasy. Don't you yeah. guys don't, don't you guys worry? We'll, we'll get there. You always have to factor that in because if he really is going to be with a new team, that's a new offense, a new coaching, yeah. new quarterback, new group of receivers that he'll be working with. Um, it, and he could have he could have two new quarterbacks. He can have Cam in the beginning, and he can have Max six games. Right? <laughs> you don't know, like he you could, don't know. Hey, he could go to he could also go to San Fran and switch between Jimmy G and Trey Lance, or not know until a week before the season exactly. starts who quarterbacks going to be. So and that is yes. You say that those teams are good landing spots. Now we're playing devil's advocate, right? Are good landing spots. There, there's so many questions. There definitely are a lot of questions in regards to Julio and where he'll end up, but it's something that you guys have to keep a hold. Like, you know, you, we always say like, stay glued to your phone, like have those alerts on watch sports center in the morning. You always keep it on, like whatever, get it on. You just, things are happening like rapidly. And like, this could be something that like could happen two days from now. This could be something that happens like close to camp. It could be something that happens after camp. So like, we just always recommend like, Keep that Twitter feed open. Keep your ESPN alerts up. Have Sports Center on while you're working from home in the back. <laughs> like, just keep it on. Like, always, you know, what are those alerts? Do, 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 do. Keep your volume on so you can hear that. Do, 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 do. You want it because, you know, because the next time you hear that sound, it could be that Julio Jones is on a new team. So you don't want to miss it. Introduce our next story while I grab a napkin because I spilled water. So Katie spilled water everywhere. And we are going to (laughs) our next big stories of the week for football as Katie goes and grabs that napkin. We are going to talk about Aaron Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson have uh, been skipping OTAs. And, you know, like we do want to like I don't want everyone to get like their panties in a bunch and be like, oh, it's OTAs and they're veterans, blah, blah, blah. Listen, it's still... It's still very much so a topic of conversation. Aaron Rodgers is in Hawaii right now with his fiance, Shailene Woodley, and Miles I Teller. I gotta tell you guys, I love Miles Teller. And yes, Caitlin's always like, I got, he's like literally my one of my biggest celebrity crushes. And <laughs> I, when I saw them at the Kentucky Derby together, I was like, what? What? But um, obviously him and Shailene Woodley know each other from the Divergent series. Um, But it's also come full circle because apparently my doppelganger is Shailene Woodley. So now I am hanging out with Miles Teller, even though he is happily married. But if you're watching this by any chance... Give me a call, just saying. Um, But all joking aside, um, Green Bay has officially apported uh, four OTAs. um, And Aaron Rodgers has not joined the rest of the team um he does actually typically attend these which to me i think is important i i think veterans going is very 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 much so important especially the quarterback going exactly a new quarterback or a veteran quarterback right um so it's it's not coming as a surprise um obviously as you know Everyone knows what's going on with the relationship between him and his team. Um, but I think to make this even juicier, he was on Sports Center on Monday. Um, and he was asked about he was asked about attending. 
Um, and he kind of dodged the question and, you know, made a little bit of a joke about it. Um, and it was the, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So the Marshawn Lynch response to things, so, yeah. which I've always, honestly, like I've always wanted to pull a Marshawn Lynch and like maybe like an uncomfortable meeting or like, how do you feel about this? Listen, I'm just, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So like, yeah. please. Yeah. No comment. No <laughs> the polite comment. way to say no comment. Yeah. Um, but he did go on to confirm that there was um, the the bad blood was never about Jordan Love, which I think is absolute horseshit in my opinion. Um, but about the team not forgetting about the people that make things go. So it's a like it's a lot. It, there's just so much unfolding there, and there's just so much he said, she said, and I just can't. That's not what I want in football. It sounds to me, it sounds like by him saying um, it's it's about the team not forgetting about the people that make things go. That statement to me says it's about like it's it sounds like he feels disrespected by the Green Bay organization, right? which is so so that beyond me. Ask, so that makes you ask Aaron Rodgers. What did they do that you feel disrespected? And the only thing people can think of is that they drafted Jordan Love and maybe didn't draft enough wide receivers for you. So it kind of like does seem like it still is about that move that they made. It is about it. And I don't know what else it could be because even on, um, I forget what's the show with uh, Stephen A. Smith, but like he was saying the same thing, like, but he was agreeing with Aaron Rodgers, disagreeing with you that it is about disrespecting him. And I was like, who the hell is disrespecting Aaron Rodgers besides the two of us, which come on the show every week and disrespect him because he's a piece of shit. (laughs) But who, when Green Bay like bows down to Aaron Rodgers, when they let, when they like got rid of Mike McCarthy, I was like, holy crap, whoever they decide to take in. And obviously when they moved on, I was like, it's not their team. It's Aaron Rodgers' team moving right, here on right. out. I feel like that was the issue and why they moved on from Mike McCarthy because it was like Aaron Rodgers needs to understand that he's a quarterback. He's a player. He's right. not a coach. He's not a GM. He's not an owner. Aaron Rodgers has more say and more control over his football team and the organization that he belongs to than anyone. Than like all the other 31 quarterbacks. Anyone that the the show runs around him, and I understand you're the stud, you're the star player, but that's the key word, player. Like at the end of the day, like you do have more than one boss, you do have more than one person that's ahead of you, making the shots, making the decisions, drafting the players, doing the deals, making the contracts. Like he gets he gets so much say. It's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. And that's why last week I went against the one ESPN commentator who was like, it's a business. So he's acting out or whatever. Okay. Well, it's a business and there's people above him in that business who are making business decisions. So he just needs to sit still and understand his place in the business. And if he doesn't like it, great. He's voicing his opinion now and you move on to another company. You move on to another team in the NFL's case. So that's it. But this whole, like, it's gotten to a point where now it's like, he said, she said, like, I want us like, as like a podcast now moving forward, like, 
let's shine light on the people who switch over to teams and do it the right way, who shut the hell up. Just say, yeah. listen. That's I'm, what I was going to say is like, at what point do you just zip your lips and do your job? Do is your that, job. At the end of the day, for any employee, like you could be unhappy. You could do this. You could do that. And then at the end of the day, at some point, you got to zip your lips and do your job. Like all these guys have agents, they have PR reps, they have so many people working for them. If you're truly unhappy, let's do it like professional adults and treat it like an actual business and be like, all right, I'm unhappy. Let's sit down with who we have to sit out. It doesn't go to the public eye. It's not, take the biggest corporations in the world. Look at Google, look at Intel, look at, I don't know, Facebook, everything like that. You see one of their head people coming out and be like, I'm not happy and no one is giving me what I want. So who wants to take me? Who wants to take me? No one does that. It's yeah. because the NFL is treated, allows these, some players to have this diva crown put on their head. And like you said, it's, it's complete bullshit that Aaron Rodgers thinks he runs the green Bay Packers. No, there's owners and there's management and then there's players. And listen, the players give a lot to the organization, to the franchise. I will never take away that at all. But there's a time and a place, and he is totally crossing this boundary that is not okay. Agreed. Absolutely. All righty. Well, whew, that was – we still have a little bit of a section yeah, left. We'll, we'll get it when we talk about whew, it. Because he's such a ween. It's not even I funny. Know. He's such I a know. weenie. I know. All righty. All right. So we're still wrapping up this segment, though, um, with quarterbacks not reporting to OTAs, and we will talk about – Houston quarterback uh, Deshaun Watson, um, he is not participating in OTAs. Um, it was reported on Monday. Um, he still wishes to be traded, which no surprise there. He actually, like, has a reason, in my opinion. And he's been yeah. kind of quiet. So he's actually the yeah. one. Yes. Maybe we should, like I said, put him up on a pedestal of doing the right thing. Right. I mean, he clearly also has yeah. other things to worry about. But, <laughs> um, again, he is under investigation for... 22 lawsuits filed against him. Um, so, yeah. So, Houston is obviously prepping for a life without Deshaun Watson. Um, so, they did uh, sign uh, Tyra Taylor and Jeff Driscoll. And they did uh, draft uh, Stanford's Davis Mills in the third round of the draft. So, they're looking at a four-quarterback situation right here. Um, very much unknown of Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't know. So do you want to share real quick? We won't dive into it because it's very much yeah. new, but what you heard right before the show. Yeah, super fast. And I didn't even get all the details. Mm -hmm. So this is literally a headline that I saw. Yeah. Um, basically just saying that Deshaun Watson's attorney has come out and said that a deposition will not be taking place until after this football season has right. been completed. So... As far as can Deshaun Watson play or not, unless the NFL wants to put their own foot down and, and say, while this investigation is going on, we don't think he right. should play. Um, he, he will be playing. And right now he is a Houston Texan, whether he likes it or not, clearly not. And obviously not, not at OTAs. Yeah. Um, I am a little bit worried for this Houston Texans team if he does not come back. Yeah. I, listen, so it's much like nothing. So it's like much, bare bones. So much love and respect for Tyrod Taylor. But like, we just have to understand that those quarterbacks that they have in place, like I'd almost rather just throw in the rookie, the third round rookie and just, you never know. I mean, look at like Gardner Minshew. Like they had to just throw in Gardner <laughs> Minshew and look true. what happened. Like, you know what it's I mean? True. Like you're starter for a little bit. 
it worked for a little bit. So you never know. I'd rather just throw in the rookie if I were going to do it and just see if it happens, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm worried for this team, and I think if Deshaun Watson is not their quarterback this season and he is not there for them, we could potentially be looking at one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. I, I am in full agreement with you there. Yeah. All right. We will uh, stay tuned and see what happens with that. But let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of Housewives. A little quiet week, but, you know, we yeah. do already have some intel into one of our favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. Hasn't even ended the current season of Real Housewives of New Jersey. We have Reunion Part 2 on tonight. But they're already talking about season 12, baby, because obviously I know we're all very upset that it was a short season. That's uh, what I was going to say, short season. So come on. Bravo kind of owes us. Um, <laughs> they do. New Jersey is set to uh, return sooner than we think. In recent weeks, news has emerged that cameras will begin rolling shortly and that all the women will be, be returning next season. This is a game we played last week of buy or sell. And Caitlin and I did believe that that would happen because, yeah, we think all the women have have been great. And that really hasn't been a reason for any of them to want to leave or for Bravo to want any of them to leave. So they're all coming back uh, and kind of just going off of what I said. You love to hear that. That's like the best thing to say. Everyone's coming back. Like it's really in the past, like. Probably the three years that we've been doing the podcast, like there's been so much turmoil, I feel. And like maybe the first year that we started the podcast, like it was like pretty stable, I guess, like people coming back. But I think like year, like like going into our first year and then like year two, maybe it got like, like shit hit the fan. And it was like, oh my God, like who's going back? Who's not like. It has become the norm across all franchises that after a season ends, somebody leaves. Somebody yeah. leaves and somebody gets fired. That's become the new norm. So, so that's why like the past two seasons, I've been very like, it's it's stable. It's very stable. I think it speaks volumes about this New Jersey franchise. I kind of think that they have been the strongest franchise as of late. And Bravo has reportedly been very pleased with all the women, including all the husbands that come along with them. They think obviously how we. I think it's them. They're they're very. It is because you know, they're a whole nother cast that come with it, and the kids and like. Because if someone left, because imagine if they eliminated one of the housewives, like their husband's gone too. So it's a package deal. So you like you need to fully accept that like they're both leaving. Right. And like I don't think the housewives fan base is ready for a housewives man to leave. I think we, <laughs> it is so funny because you love them all. I think we could accept uh, one of the ladies to leave. I think we yeah. would, we'd probably get over it. We'd be very upset, whatever. But I think we're really so emotionally attached to the men, right? There's now. no weak link in the, in the men it's, group, right? It's, it's so, just, um, I want them all here. So. Yeah. So they are, how, however, this is interesting because if it ain't broke, don't fix it in my opinion. And to me, it's like, you have these women and you have their husbands who are so much so a part of the show. However, they are testing one to two new girls with one of them. This is super interesting because we are having a housewives football crossover right here. Okay. Um, one of the girls that is being reported is Aikisha Holly, who if casted would be the first black Jersey housewife. That's number one. Good. Bring it. Number I want two. that. 
She is married to former NFL player Willie Colon, who was a longtime Jets player. Yes. Um, offensive offensive lineman, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, and funny story, actually. I'm going to tell a super quick story about Willie Colon. Uh, I don't know where he lives currently. But a couple of years ago, I want to say three or four years ago, he was still playing the NFL and he mm-hmm. still like, I think, and signed a new contract with the Jets. And I had a rental, I, I do real estate, and I had a rental listing in Montclair. It was a high-end rental and it was in downtown Montclair. And I remember getting an application for it from Willie Cologne. I love it. I love it. Rent it. And I was like, oh my God. So he didn't end up renting it, but I do remember like he was with the Jets. And so he was really looking to like get something in the area and to be a rental. It, I think it was a short term contract. So maybe right. we didn't know how long he would be there for. But it, I love it. Like he's obviously stayed in New Jersey. And it, lo and behold, his wife might be a housewife now. So well, listen, I love that crossover. And I have to tell the audience, too. So Luann from New York is dating a new man, apparently. And he's a former Miami Dolphin. So for everyone who rolls their eyes at Katie and me for being like football and housewives, so many crossovers. Yes. Are, and I told Caitlin, we are the pioneers, baby. We are, we are. the pioneers of the football housewives. We club. were born to do this. We were born like literally whatever God you believe in shone down on Katie and me and was like, give them football, give them housewives. They are going to be brilliant at both of them. And we can't spare the world of just one. We have to give the world both. So there you go. Two prime examples on one episode of the crossover. So you're welcome. So um, rumblings with these rumors of Willie Colon's wife, Melissa and Margaret recently followed Aikisha on Instagram and Joe Gorga posted a photo of him with Willie Colon on his Instagram story. I did see that. I did. Yeah. your attention. Um, one person not returning next season will be friend Michelle Pius. Speaking of real estate, you know, the real estate agent yeah. from the past season. She did confirm um, in an article that she did not enjoy filming and that the drama <laughs> was too much and she couldn't relate. Listen, I kind of understand, you know, her big episode, like, obviously she had like a big moment with what she said about Melissa and Joe at the beginning of the season. But I feel like her big episode was hosting a party at the very at her house. It was a beautiful house. It was a beautiful party and clearly put a lot of money and time and effort into this party. And it ended up turning into a like battle a royale. normal housewives parties do where Dolores is screaming at everybody. Everybody's screaming at one another. Everybody's pissed off. And so I kind of get it. Like it's not for everybody. If you host a party like that at your house, Maybe just maybe you want everybody to get along. Like, you know, just saying. So Yeah, and I think like drama is going to happen. But I think with like the cameras there and it was a, it was probably one of the bigger fights we've seen because like Dolores isn't always involved in, in, in the fact that it was targeted against her. I think that's what really like I hated that fight for everything. Like I would have been like, in the crowd, like Dolores, I'll go to mm, God battle for you. Like on my couch, I was ready to fight for Dolores. Listen, I think this scenario worked out perfectly for Michelle. She number one, she is a top real estate agent right. in Jersey, which means I know for a fact this this woman's schedule is probably bonkers. She probably doesn't have a lot of time. But number two is 
I think mission completed. You put your name out there as a top real yeah. estate agent in New Jersey. I got to imagine your phone's ringing off the hook. even oh, yeah. now. So listen, I don't blame her for getting out. But anyways, um, sources say that filming for season 12 will start on June 8th. And that's, you know, what, in a week, a week and a half? So, Let's find out where they're filming. So listen, what's perfect is as soon as I heard June 8th, as soon as I heard they were like already getting going, I'm like, listen, it makes sense. Like, what do people want? What do people want to see when we see seasons of New Jersey? Like, we want to see them down at the Jersey Shore. So yeah. to me, this makes complete sense. We're going to catch all of that. And I can't wait. I hope they're able to get it out quickly and also give us the amount of episodes that we deserve. We just need to rent a boat every weekend at the Jersey Shore and just go by their house, like just catch one day that they're filming and just be like, hello, hello, we're on a boat. Absolutely, absolutely. All righty, going to our second story of the week for Housewives. So Miss Lisa Vanderpump is back in the news and I'm obviously very happy. She has a new show out, and there's a new trailer for it. Um, her new show is called Vanderpump Dogs. So if you watch, um, you know, if you were on, you are watching uh, Beverly Hills, and, you know, you do follow Lisa Pan Vanderpump, you know, you do know she has a very big, it's like a, it's like a glorified dog shelter, basically, what she runs. Um, so she rescues dogs um, from, I, I really don't want to, like, trip over myself here it's either north or south korea like i really don't i don't know where it's but there's dog farms and it's really bad where this area is and they literally like they sell or they killed it's really not good but no, her her i know i'll cry it's a crying episode but her her organization it does amazing things of rescuing dogs from these disgusting dog farms. Um, and so basically she's, she's getting a show out of it. So we've actually heard about it on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills before. Obviously there was that major drama with her and Dorit when Dorit adopted a dog and kind of wow. gave it back and it was a little dramatic. So we've seen, you know, Vanderpump dogs on it before, but it is very much so huge on social media, everything like that. So the reality show is set to premiere on Wednesday, June 9th. So it is coming up, um, but it is on uh, NBC streaming service, Peacock. So that's where we're going to see the, man. I know so we're going to see all stars, whatever. Katie and I are going to like, I don't know, get the service some way, somehow. Um, so the show is supposed to follow the series behind the dog adoptions and renowned pet adoption shop in West Hollywood. So I give, again, like I give her like all the credit in the world. Yeah. Like they do such amazing things for these puppos and just makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. um, so other than the dogs, we are getting a peek into Lisa Vanderpump's life. So I'll probably be watching because I miss my LVP and obviously yeah. I love doggos so much. Um, and of course the dog foundation. So, um, I love this. They have taken in over 2000 dogs since it opens its doors in 2016. So Unbelievable. for everyone that watches Beverly Hills and you took Doree and everyone else's side, Lisa Vanderpump is the real MVP because she's helping dogs Out and saving dogs over 2000 dogs. Do you want to 2000 dogs? Think about the one dog in your household that's wreaking havoc and is just a crazy lunatic. Imagine 2,000 of them. She took 2,000 in. So everyone who's on their side from Beverly Hills, check yourself because Lisa Vanderpump is the real, the real hero here. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, um, and um, which is also to point out, Lisa and her um, husband, Ken, are executive producers of the series. So they obviously have a, a lot of say behind what's being said. Right. Um, so the episodes are going to follow the people um, who are coming into the foundation to adopt their oh, forever friend. Mm. Um, the employees and then Lisa. And then also we're going to get a lot of loving for the dogs. We're going to learn a lot about the dogs. So which makes yeah. me very happy. It should just be a show, just dogs, just dogs. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, the format dogs. sounds a lot. I'm, I've uh, been a fan of Pitbulls and Parolees. I've yeah. definitely seen a good jillion episodes of that. And it kind of just reminds me of like the same thing. Like we're going to see the people come in and get matched with their forever dogs. And Listen, everybody loves the heartwarming stories of that. So, I mean, that's just another another avenue to to catch this. So, I'm excited. Uh, I, think, I think it's great, and like you said, kudos to her. She's doing she's doing hero work out there. Um, I are are huge, huge dog lovers, and and dogs are greater than people. So, like, let's just they save, are. Let's just save the dogs. More dogs next year. More dogs. More, more dogs. dogs 2022. More, when more do we, dogs. when's, when's the next election? That's what I'm running on. More <laughs> dogs. More dogs. <laughs> All right. Well, those are big stories of the week in the world of housewives. We want to get into this game. It is a good one. And as I mentioned before earlier in the show, it does have to do with HBO hard knocks. It's something we definitely, I think, is when free agency settles down, and the draft is over. It is kind of the next like big yeah. thing we have to look forward to as far as like getting us amped up and excited for the season. Um, Hard Knocks is actually entering its 16th season this year. I can't believe. I feel like I honestly I can admit that I think I've watched like three seasons of Hard Knocks. Uh, I've de- you know I've definitely watched a lot. Yeah. I've watched a lot. Sixteen um, though, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I could kind. I. I can kind of believe it. Yeah, yeah. I can think back to some of those older seasons and some of the clips, and I'm like, yeah, that was a long time ago. But um, so, listen, this year, and we talk about it every year on the show, we want to let you guys know who are the eligible candidates. So, obviously, they have rules set in place. They've had them there for a while now. Uh, teams that can or cannot be featured. You cannot be, because not everybody wants to be on Hard Knocks. The majority of the teams kind of like shy away from it. Um, so you can have yourself eliminated from contention and, and not even have to worry about it. So if you have a first year head coach going into this season, you do not have to be on hard knocks. If um, you have had a playoff berth in the last two seasons, you could be exempt. And if you have been on hard knocks in the past 10 seasons, I think Caitlin is frozen, but I can't <laughs> She's frozen right now with like her eyes closed. So for me, it looks like she's just sleeping or meditating, <laughs> but hopefully she unfreezes. But you do not have to be on hard knocks if you have been on in the past 10 years. There she is. You have no idea. You froze with your eyes closed. So I just told everybody you were like meditating or sleeping or it was hilarious. We were talking about hard knocks. So I probably got nervous about the giants. I was meditating and I was like, "Mm, no. Um, Yeah. So basically I just told them what the criteria was for being on it or not being on it. And so the five teams that are eligible to be on hard knocks this year are five candidates include drum roll, please. The Arizona Cardinals, as we mentioned before in our show, the Carolina Panthers, 
an NFC East rival in the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, and the New York Giants. We've, we've been in contention I like know. a couple of times in the last few years, and Caitlin and I always get a little bit nervous about that. I think it would be bittersweet if the Giants were chosen. Like, obviously, it's cool to have your, like, get inside background scenes of your team but at the same time like well after this off season and draft i feel like they're freaking gonna come after us it's a lot of a lot of good storylines i feel there, there are obviously reasons why teams don't want to be picked for it they feel as though it's a distraction yeah. they don't want other teams to see what they're scheming like i get it so Too much of a distraction i feel but those are our five candidates so tonight we are going to be playing a game called your must watch hard knocks so we're going to look at all the candidates, the five teams, and answer which players, storylines, coaches, et cetera, that we would rather see on Hard Knocks this year. So question number one, and it's a what or who would you rather watch? Would you rather watch Carolina quarterback Sam Darnold with his new team or Denver quarterback Teddy Bridgewater with his new team? So as much as I love Teddy Bridgewater, um, I think it would probably just like frustrate me to see him on a new, an, another new team. Um, Cause obviously you guys know, like I'm a huge advocate for him and I think that right. NFL disrespects him to no end. Um, I am very curious to see how Sam Darnold adapts to the Panthers. Um, and I do want to see kind of, you know, we're, Katie and I are from the New York, New Jersey area. So we've right. seen the Jets. We are up close and personal with them. So I just kind of want to see if it's the real deal, if he actually is decent um, and the Panthers will turn that around or if he really does kind of suck. So or I, I, I kind of just want to see how he is personally around people. So yep. um, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Darnold with the Panthers on this one. I agree with you, Kate. I went with Sam Darnold. And honestly, like if you look at these five candidates, I think all five of them obviously have their number one selling feature of why they would be good on hard knocks. Yeah. And I do believe that for the Carolina Panthers, it is the storyline of Sam Darnold. I, yeah. I would be very intrigued to watch it if they are the ones selected. That's the storyline I'm, you know, most watching, most paying attention to. I'm going with Sam Darnold as well. All right, who would you rather watch? Just a straight-up head coach battle. Who would you rather watch? Arizona head coach Cliff Kingsbury or Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule? Two newer uh, NFL head coaches. Who are you more interested in learning about? So I'm going to go with Cliff uh, Kingsbury because a lot of what I hear about him is that Arizona is bringing on talent, but he's not the right guy to bring up this talent. So I actually kind of yeah. want to hear why people are actually saying that and they have that mindset. So I want to see how he is behind the scenes. I know you and I have said many a times before, like we want to see the Steelers on hard knocks because we want to see Mike Tomlin behind the scenes. Like we've always said that. Um, so I think this, like, you know, this, um, conversation that's going around that Cliff Kingsbury can't do it with this talent on Arizona, I kind of mm -hmm. want to see behind the scenes to see actually what he's really about. Um, Cause even with the chargers last season, I was impressed with impressed with the coaching staff. Obviously they've moved on, but I, I was impressed to see the behind the scenes there. So I, I do want to see that um, over uh, Matt rule here. 
So I originally picked Cliff Kingsbury because I was like, oh, Matt Rule, that seems kind of boring. Like at least Cliff Kingsbury is kind of like he's supposed to be the next Sean McVay. And there's like right. little, more like Hollywood, like movie, like celeb factor to Cliff Kingsbury, right? But then that's what made me switch my mind to Matt Rule. I don't really know anything about him. And honestly, he was- a My own from college, that's why. But yes, yes. But he was a really hot coaching candidate when he was right. coming that year that he came in. And people wanted him. The Giants- We wanted him. We almost took him. Like, we almost wanted him. I don't know a lot about this guy. Um, and so I picked him just to right. learn, to be educated and to see more about him. Yep. All right, number three, um, what would you rather watch? The comeback of Carolina running back Christian McCaffrey or the comeback of New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley? As much as I don't want the Giants on hard knocks, I do want to see like the behind the scenes of what Saquon's doing and how he's going to come back. That was truly a devastating injury for mm -hmm. us. Um, and obviously Christian McCaffrey going out as well, but just Saquon being a little bit of a newer weapon, I just – I. And a new, a newer weapon, but also a face of a franchise. Saquon became the face of a, the franchise the well, day I he think, was drafted. I think Christian McCaffrey too is the face of the franchise. No, no, no. And I agree with you, but I think Saquon became the face of the franchise when he held up that jersey on draft yeah, day. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not. Christian wrong. McCaffrey took it. Didn't take, it didn't. It didn't take a lot of time, but he became it. You're right. When Christian McCaffrey was a draft prospect. Everybody was 50-50 split on this kid being a bust or this yeah. kid panning out and being who he was in college. Right. Um, I think he pan I actually think he exceeded anybody's. I agree. So you're right. Um but Saquon I, was like the face of no matter what franchise right, he went yes. to before everybody he knew, did. So he was gonna pan out. I would just I I would like to see that. So I went with Saquon and I more so went with him based on the significance of these, these two injuries. So we did see Christian McCaffrey yeah. come back at points last season. Um, and yeah, he still needs like this full off, off season to fully recover, but this is a huge, huge injury comeback for Saquon Barkley. Um, this is a, a Which very makes me nervous. So. Yeah, it's, you know, we don't know what we're going to be seeing. I, so I'd rather watch that to kind of get the, inside especially as a Giants fan see how he's doing how he's looking can we feel okay about him hitting the field week one um it, it's it was significant injury wise and so that's kind of what made me go towards that one yeah all right number four uh this is a good one <laughs> who would you rather watch or what would you rather watch the sophomore season of Denver wide receiver Jerry Judy or the sophomore season of Dallas Cowboy wide receiver C.D. Lamb? Two incredible sophomore seasons, I yeah. just have to admit, that people need to look forward to. Yeah. Um, for me, though, I think that Dallas's offense is very talented, and they have a lot going for them. So for me, two players that you definitely want to keep an eye on and watch, but for me, I'm more inclined to watch Jerry Judy, and I would like to see him in a hard knocks because I could see he did great things in his rookie season. I could see him as that sophomore coming up and he's a leader. Now he is truly a leader and he's taking over this organization. There's a lot going on in Dallas's offense. So I don't know where CD mm -hmm. lamb uh, pants out there as a true yeah. leader, That's but the yeah. difference, to go off what you're saying, the difference is like Jerry Judy, like he is supposed to be the WR one. Right. 
in Denver. Whereas in Dallas, you do have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Like you do have other cast members. Like Jerry Judy should be the guy in Denver. So I want to see him as the guy as a sophomore. And I want to see how he adapts to that, how he becomes a leader and everything like that. So. This is such an e- like almost even one for me that um, and they've had very similar stats like their rookie years. Uh, I'd say C.D. Lamb produced a little bit more as far as finding the end zone. He had a couple more touchdowns, but they were pretty much same yardage wise. And so I'm just going to give the edge straight up on like, let's let's scout out and let's scope out the competition. Yeah. Let's let's check out C.D. Lamb in Dallas. That's fair. I get it. <laughs> That's that's the only edge yeah. no, yeah. that I'm giving it. Yeah. All right. Who would you rather watch? Dallas owner Jerry Jones or Denver president of football operations John Elway? I feel like we get like as like, you know, Giants fans with the NFC East, we get so much shit on Jerry Jones anyways. Like, I don't care. I think John Elway going to the Broncos was such a headline and such a storyline, but I feel like we don't know the behind the scenes and we don't know the actual operations of his job as operations. Like I want to see more of that. So that's why I'm going with him. Like, I think that's great. Like I want to see more of it. You know, a literal, like one of the best veterans in the game now leading a very old franchise with a great legacy. Like I want, I, that's the storyline I want to see. I went with John Elway not for Caitlin's reason, but simply, and excuse my language, because I don't give two shits about Jerry Jones or seeing him on my TV screen. I don't like him, can't stand him, don't need to watch him, don't need to hear him, get him off the TV. And honestly, like to go polar opposite of like that, I do really like John Elway. I think he's like, I think he's great being like being there for the Denver Broncos and and I, you know, thought he was a great player in the NFL and seems like a good guy. And so, yeah, no Jerry. It could have been Jerry Jones versus watch anyone. anyone. Yeah. It could have been Jerry Jones or watch paint dry. Give me the paint. <laughs> I want to see the paint dry. <laughs> All right. Number six. Hard knocks, a huge part of it. And it kind of it, it was definitely a bummer this past season because we did have hard knocks, which was I was thankful for that. But we didn't have preseason last year because of COVID. And that's the bit like almost the biggest part of hard knocks because we get to see those like those guys who they give storylines to because they're either gonna make the team or not make the team. And then you see them playing those preseason games and it's like a really yeah. big deal. Um so we're looking at the preseason matchups because we will have preseason this year. So what preseason game would we rather watch the Arizona Cardinals will have a preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs or would you rather watch the New York Giants playing the Snoopy Bowl against the New York Jets I literally went with um the Cardinals and the Chiefs because I know I'll probably be at the Jets and the Giants game in person so I really don't need hard hard knocks to play it out for me so I would actually like to see the game that I'm not gonna see in person so um you know, I almost went with Arizona and Kansas City, depending on how much the starters play, because, yeah, there's a storyline there watching right. Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I went with the Jets and the Giants because of the storyline of those quarterbacks in in guys who are, you know, 
trying to make their mark in Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. And yeah, also because it's the Giants and the Jets. And that's a game we look forward to every year. So that's what I went with. That was a biased answer from me, but it's like, you can be biased in this one. It's like, what do you want to watch on TV? Speaking of going into question number seven, straight up quarterbacks, who would you rather watch? New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones or Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott? I think both of them have big storylines, two different storylines, but big storylines. So I think that for me, the more interesting storyline is Dak Prescott coming off of this injury. It was a gruesome injury. Um, Daniel Jones has a lot to prove this season, and I he's another person too. We are Giants fans, but he's a quiet guy, very much like Eli Manning. We'd love yeah. to peel back the layers and see what they're like behind the scenes, and maybe it's good for us as Giants fans and for the rest of the world to not see behind the scenes and to really not understand, and maybe that's why Katie and I haven't wanted the Giants to be on hard knocks, but he is kind of that person where I want to like pick his brain and understand and see how he interacts with these guys and like we've actually seen a little bit more of him I feel like on social media with what he's doing than we ever saw of Eli so I'm pretty happy about that but I think the Dak Prescott thing is just so much bigger in my opinion so I I do I would rather see that so and that's an unbiased opinion (laughs) I am I am picking the brain I am peeling back the layers as Caitlin said and I am diving into that headspace of Daniel Jones All right. going on with our boy. Um, I think he would, I think he would be just as we would think Eli would be on hard knocks. Like that guy who's not really like supposed to be funny, but like he but is, is. <laughs> he has his little quirks. And like, I, I think I would really enjoy watching Daniel Jones on TV. Again, yeah. I want to reiterate that like some of these, obviously I'm picking giant stuff, but I, I do stand with, preferring that we are not the hard knocks team but if we were to have to be it yeah there are things that would be a lot of fun to watch okay uh who are what would you rather watch arizona's offense or dallas's offense because i think that's a cast of characters on both sides it definitely is. I think Arizona's offense is a little bit more of a cast of characters, in my opinion, because I do bring this up. In a couple of years, they're going to be royally screwed when they have to re-sign many people, and they're going to be like $8 billion in debt. Um, so I think that's absolutely hilarious. And I also, again, like I brought up before, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, where people are saying that they have the weapons, they can't bring them forward. Their weapons are on offense. So that's really so they're really shaping around him. So I want to see this offense behind the scene and why he can't bring them forward. But they're doing like big. I, I want to see these big names interacting together. So that's why I went with them. I went with Arizona as well. I think they have the bigger names on offense. You want to see how all of them gel together, how all of them work together. Like, yeah, Hard Knocks is fun to watch, to like learn about some of the rookies yeah. or undrafted free agents that are trying to make the team. You love those underdog stories, but you also want to watch Hard Knocks for like, the big names that like you get exactly. on your TV and they definitely have them. So I, I went with Arizona. All right. Number nine, what would you rather watch the progression of Denver quarterback drew Locke, or the progression of Denver quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater? 
So I didn't pick Teddy Bridgewater earlier, but I am going to pick him now. I just, because of my defense of him over the past X amount of years, um, he is just so royally disrespected in the NFL. And I will stand by that. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. He is truly disrespected. He is a phenomenal quarterback. Um, and he's proved it time over time. I've even pulled up receipts for you guys to know that. Um, and if he, I want to see his progression because if he can stick it with the Broncos and stick here long-term, then I am happy. And I just want to see everything that he has to offer. I went with Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke has got to be like almost my biggest mystery man in the NFL. Yeah. Like I, Caitlin and I really were riding the, and I'm not even going to call it a bandwagon because it wasn't like a, super, it was like a fun train. It was a fun train to be on. It wasn't a super popular opinion. It's not like no. everybody thought this, but Caitlin and I really had a lot of faith in Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos. And of course, you know, you can't do anything about injuries. Drew Locke definitely got hit by the injury bug, like right out the gate. Um, and I just really thought that I don't know what it was about him that I had way more belief in him than I feel like other people, just analysts, commentators, writers, spectators had. And I still feel as though like I don't know. I mean, if you do go on like ESPN right now and you look at the Denver Broncos like death chart, they do have Drew Locke listed as QB1. Right. So like, is this his team? I don't know. Like, obviously it's going to be a competition, but he is just such a mystery man. And I don't feel as though like we can't just throw him away already, right? Like we never really got to see what he could be. So yeah. I, I got to watch this kid. I got to find out what's happening with him. I really do. And then that kind of, uh, I'll give a hint, it goes into my answer. But number 10, it's a bonus question. Because out of those five candidates, Caitlin, who's the one that you want to see most? Who are you picking for Hard Knocks this year? So I think this is one is like definitely interesting because we didn't dive too, too much into them, into this game. We did in the beginning. Oh. Actually, I think I would want to see the Panthers because I'm so curious about what's going on with them. Like they... A couple seasons ago, they're one of the teams that you're scared to see on your schedule. And now they're kind of a team where you're like, I don't know. Like, am I scared of them? Am I not? Like, I don't know. Like, it could be up in the air. And they moved on, obviously, from Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey's got, you know, was injured. And they have a new head coach. And it's what's going on. And now, you know, they have Sam Darnold. So there's so many question marks. There's so many up in the air. So for me, I want to see the you know everything that's going on behind the scenes like what is making them work what are the wheels turning like what's going on there like i need to see all of that inside and out because they're a team right now that like i think i'm entering the 2021 season and i can label them as a big i don't know yeah listen if the if hbo selects the carolina panthers i believe they are selecting it for the storyline of Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. Yep. And, and I got to tell you, like, I, I, they're not, who my... leads the HBO? Are they, are they NFL fans? Because if they are, they might be like Sam Darnold. They're not, they're not my pick, but if they get selected, I won't be mad about it for the fact that we will get to watch that storyline. Right. Very intrigued. And we talked about it last week too. No, when Bobby Skinner was on the show with us, how excited we are going into week one of the NFL season when Sam Darnold plays the New York Jets 
that's going to get brought up. That's also a huge storyline. You always bring up like who you're playing week one and you're getting that's ready. That's marketing. Week one and, yeah. Yeah. That's marketing 101. So I think that kind of fuels it. Every year on the Real Football Fans of New Jersey, we always talk about hard knocks and we always give you who the potential candidates are. And we always dive deep into it. And if you've listened to us, if you've been a fan of us, or if you're just hearing me say this for the first time, I always go for whatever is going to give me a legitimate quarterback competition. I'm going with the Denver Broncos. I honestly think like... Normally, with these hard knock quarterback competitions, I yeah. just put that in air quotes. You kind of know who the edge is going to. In Denver, I honestly have no idea. I don't know if it's Teddy Bridgewater's job, Drew Locke's job. I don't know what the Denver Broncos are thinking. I don't know who they want to win this job. I think this is going to be an even battle, and I'm very, very, very intrigued by it. I would love to watch the Denver Broncos on Hard Knocks. Uh, it might break my heart. I don't know if I want to see it. But it's going to be really – it would be super interesting. I know. All right. Well, that was our game. It was a great game, obviously. Hard Knocks is, you know, right around the corner, as is camp, as is the season. I know we're entering June, but we always say that, and it's just like the NFL season's right around the corner, and all I'm saying is like, amen, let's go. September, fall football, I am ready. Let's go. Because I don't, I don't really do anything right now when it comes to sports. I'm like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> to all sports, I just love football. But all right, so let's get to that time of the episode where it's get it off our chest, positive, negative, football, housewives, wine, life, anything you want to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and get us started? kind of goes off of what you just said about fast forwarding like hopefully we blink and it's the start of the football season and we have a lot of reasons to want to get there because this past week it has been announced that uh, MetLife Stadium is going to be full capacity this season which is just amazing and obviously that was music to mine and Caitlin's ears and Giants fans across the board um, and I know Caitlin and I always always pretty much every year for as long as I can remember, always try and go to a preseason game together. And I'm, I'm excited that there will be preseason. I'm excited that we'll be able to attend it hopefully. And, you know, obviously I always try to catch Caitlin usually gets to a couple more games than I do, but I always try to catch one or two regular season games yep. during the year. Certainly we try to go together if we can. And um, those are just things that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to maybe running into our friends from Talking Giants. Hell yeah. Some of our other fans going live from, you know, the the parking lot with your dad cooking us egg sangies in the background while we he drink. He does a great job. And pumpkin beers and all that good stuff. I mean, it gives you just the good feels, the good vibes and just good feels and good vibes with everything going on in the world of COVID and, yeah. and things, you know, people getting vaccinated and things getting better and things opening up. And it, it blew my mind the other day watching uh, NBA playoff basketball and seeing Madison square garden packed to the rafters <laughs> and the place rocking and roaring. And it's like, this is what we all live for. Like sports fans live for this. Like, and, and the players do too, because and to, to have them there, like it makes an impact yeah. to have fans there. Uh, and I think it's great. 
And I just wanted to say I'm really excited about it. And I know Caitlin is too, and, and we all are. And so let's hope we can continue to ride yeah. this positive wave of things getting better and the sports world getting back to really what it should be, where we can all be there physically yeah. and enjoy it in person. That's what sports are all about. I'm so excited. Like, honestly, like it kills me last season at the only game I could go to was friggin' in Philly. And uh, like that kills right. me. Like right. I wasn't in my environment. I was right. scared shitless, obviously, <laughs> but like I wasn't in my mode. Like, yeah. you know, I wasn't at one of my dad's tail infamous tailgates. Like it just wasn't like, it wasn't the thing. Like it wasn't not the same. It's just, it's such a, a vibe and it's so, the most amazing thing ever to just go to a Giants game, whether it's at 1 p.m. or you know, whatever. Vibe, your vibe is going to be radiating this season. Everybody is going to be so happy to be back. And like happy and like low key, like definitely very drunk. I'm gonna need an IV. I'm gonna need an IV probably. So I'm just gonna need to one of those things where you get like you get too excited and then you drink a lot. But it's whatever. So um, a bit, speaking of New York Giants football, so my get it off my chest is based off a recent hiring for the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys hired Ben McAdoo, the Giants' former head coach, as a quote unquote consultant that's it that's all we have consultant um so um yeah so that's what we have so my get it off my chest is that quote-unquote consultant cowboys what are you consulting question mark and isn't it ironic that the man who ended eli manning's perfect starting streak for geno smith is now working for the cowboys coincidence i think not so super shady there. And then also I do want to call out. So Mike Garofalo is what the tweet I just tweeted out. So he's great. He's fine. Tweeted it out. But then Jordan, I cannot pronounce his last name. Ronan, I can't. I'm sorry. But whatever. He leaked a bunch of draft stuff. So I'm not even sorry. He tweeted out. He quoted Mike Garofalo's tweet about Ben McAdoo being hired as a consultant McAdoo is back in a still evolving role. So it's not even a legitimate role. It's still evolving. Yeah. There was talk a few years ago of him joining McCarthy as a defensive assistant. A couple of years ago, it really hasn't been that long since he was in the Giants. And he wrote, quote unquote, bottom line, McAdoo is a good coach. One bad season seems to hover over his career, though. Mr. Jordan Rahan, you are literally a New York-based sports analyst. And I'm not saying take bias because you are from New York, because I know many Jets fans and Bills fans, if you want to throw them in there, that have agreed that Ben McAdoo was probably one of the worst coaches to come to the East Coast since God knows when. So do not call Ben McAdoo a good coach and that that has been burdening his career. If he was a good coach, where the hell has been the teams that wanted to have wanted to hire him the last few years? He hasn't silence with the NFL. Nobody has silence. Nobody has knocked on his door. Nobody has called his name. Silence. I am so I as much as Katie and I put out that. First-year head coaches and new quarterbacks get so much shit thrown at them and the spotlight is on them and there's so much pressure. 
cool. Ben McAdoo, you have no excuse. The pressure was on, but you freaking sucked. There was pressure on so many people that were actually so much better than you, and they lost their jobs. And guess what? They bounced back. And like Katie just said, where have you been, Ben McAdoo? Nowhere. Some other people that have gotten fired have bounced back and found other coordinator positions, things like that. Ben McAdoo, you should see these replies to this tweet. The good ones, the good ones, by the way, that get fired from their teams, the good ones get hired by a new team in a week. Within like seconds, right away. He was a horrendous coach. And honestly, like it, it was not good. And like, I am sad that we hired him. And I think there was a lot of faith. There was. But there, it just completely went downhill. And this is coming from someone. So I know a lot of people hate Pat Shermer. I actually liked him. And I wanted to give him another chance. So this is coming from me, who's someone who did not, like, while everyone else was like, no, we're moving on. I actually liked him. So I don't want people coming at me and being like, well, you're going to move on. Blah, 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 blah. No, whatever. And then we had Joe Judge, obviously. And yeah. our season wasn't great last season. But he clearly made an impact. And we're moving yeah. on. And we're doing things like that. So... I just, Ben McAdoo was a poor, poor coach, poor, poor decisions on so many levels. And the Eli thing was like the, oh my God, it was just, that was it. That was the straw breaking the camel's back. That was truly yeah. it. You and forgiven ever. I will never forgive him ever. Like even on my deathbed, I will not forgive you, Ben McAdoo ever. No. But I just, I think that tweet was just so incorrect. It's not even funny. And the, the hiring to Dallas is so questionable because you're a consultant. Consultant of freaking what? Hey, maybe we'll find out on Hard Knocks. I did tweet at uh, Dak Prescott, though, that he should watch out that Geno Smith is coming for his starting position, though. So there you go. Write it down. Watch, watch your back, Dak. You heard it here first. Watch your back because now Ben, ben McAdoo is in the building, so... Oh, my goodness. Well, I agree with everything you just said. Very uh, passionate. Get it off your chest. And I'm right there with you. But, yeah, great show tonight. A lot of great things to look forward to this week, including Beverly Hills. You know, this is a new season. They're getting up and going. That is on tonight. It actually started at 8 p.m. It, it might come on later tonight. Uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey Reunion Part 2 also on tonight at 9 p.m. And we've got Roni on Tuesday at 9 p.m. also. So don't miss out on your housewives. Can't wait till we're counting down football. <laughs> so close. So close. We're getting there. We're getting there. In the meantime, you know, we'll, we'll gear up for hard knocks, get ready for that, and have housewives, you know, hold down the fort in the meantime. So Absolutely. All, All right. right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining. Have a great Memorial Day. We'll see you guys yes. next week. Yes. Enjoy the long weekend.